Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at changingdenver. Denver's changing. We can help. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. My name is Henry Jarvis, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. That's pretty Very good. That's awesome. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Real Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Unofficially the official podcast. I'm not even going to start over. You're going to have to keep that in there. <laughs> We've been doing that to each other like in each of the episodes for the past like six weeks. It's great. I know. It's been really funny. <laughs> <laughs> you stick to the producing. I'll stick to the jokes. We need things that are funny, not marginally only things people get. Yeah. Don't be like me. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast. Unofficially... Officially, the official. <laughs> oh, he's off his game. <laughs> oh, shit. Can you record this episode, Ryan? I can't. I'm sorry. I don't understand what this means. <laughs> for people watching at home, yeah, for the people listening at home, um, we just did air quotes. Uh, I guess we should really start the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is Zach and Brad. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Annihilation. Do you have to? You kind of have to say it like, because you can't say Annihilation. Annihilation. Weird. For their Criterion version. Annihilation. Annihilation. <laughs> I like that comment on Instagram. The uh, Annihilati. <laughs> his his ticket stub. It printed out to Annihilati. I was like, the Annihilati owns all the banks in Hollywood. <laughs> yes, that's an Illuminati joke. Anybody listening? Hello, the Illuminati is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they listen to everything. So Scientology is listening. <laughs> oh, that'd be sweet if we get Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, come on our show. He does great interviews. You should listen to his interview on the Nerdist podcast. It's awesome. He's really passionate about his craft. He is. Yeah. I cannot wait for Mission Impossible 6. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout? I don't, know. Right, Fallout. I don't know Mission Impossible 6. I don't know what that is. Sorry. Fallout. So uh, every episode we do talk about the movie. We play the trailer and then we spoil the movie. Uh, so make sure if you want to see the movie, listen to what we have to say about it. And then um, if you haven't seen it, stop and then come back and uh, listen to our thoughts and you can share yours. Uh, we do have an email account, realnerds at gmail.com. You can email us about anything. I mean, Zach's looking for some Viagra. Mm -hmm. Brad's looking for. Um... Wait, 
Why would I be looking for it when I have no use for it right now? <laughs> There's always a use for Viagra. That is true. I can li- sell it on the black market. He likes to get hard and then drag his dick along the wall. <laughs> and, just and he chip, needs chip it for four off. hours. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 15, 20 minutes just isn't cutting yeah. it. Those aren't dog uh, print scratches on the door. That's his dick. Which <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of that 40-year-old virgin joke where he calls the guy on the phone and goes like, yeah, it's been lasting for more than four hours. Sir, when did you take the drug? I, I-, I didn't take the drug. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, sir. <laughs> Having that awkward conversation about it. It's an erection thing. Something doesn't, that doesn't sound like that quote from that movie. Are you when getting it right? Fo- he's on the phone on, when he's, after he tried to have sex, couldn't, and he thinks that he has a call if you've had an erection for more than four hours. I don't remember that. I haven't seen that movie in a while, yeah. but I love that movie. It's a good film. Maybe that's like a bonus like maybe on, like a, on DVD, yeah. like an extra scene. It might be on the unrated because I don't remember yeah. it at all. But I haven't seen the movie. Um, because now you know, want to know how I know you're gay? Is like you can't really do that anymore, can you? <laughs> that movie's what twelve years old. That's oh, like people don't remember now, eleven. Yeah, yeah. Or want to know never how you're gay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a a bumper sticker that says? <laughs> Uh, you like Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> you like Coldplay. <laughs> Remember when Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen were just supporting characters? Mm. Those were those were odd. Dude, times. we're old. Yeah, we are. You know, you feel old when you're. Um, you go back and say, "Oh man, remember when Spider Man came out fifteen fucking years ago?" And I was still driving to see the movie. Or you have like a CD and you put it in, you're like, "Oh, this is awesome," and then you realize you, you bought that CD in nineteen ninety eight. That's I, called time travel for me. Yeah. Because I've been um, reminiscing with uh, my friend Joe, who's been on the uh, the show a few times. Uh, I lost my stunt CD. It's a Bare Naked Lady CD. And I remember I got into him in 1998 when I was in high school. And that was my first, second concert I ever went to was Bare Naked Ladies. I went to Rod Stewart that summer. Then the Bare Naked Ladies were a little bit later at Fiddler's Green. And uh, and now this year, I think this is going to be the 18th time I've seen him. Um, the cool thing about the Bare Naked Ladies, they actually tour almost every year and they always come to red rocks or somewhere so last year they're at the greeley stampede um which was weird but i got front row seats for that because um that, I bought... was, that was my first concert you listen to news news greeley stampede it? yeah do they do the greeley stampede they get some weird bands there it's 99 not, but yeah not like us weird i guess that don't really fit the bill you know because what's country about huey lewis well i mean uh with the song uh sometimes the hard rock and roll or uh, i guess so yeah uh, there's honky tonk blues is really I guess so yeah and they're more of a bluesy bar band now than they were in the 80s so. I'd love them to do just like an acapella CD and Garth Brooks covered uh, uh, what song Working, working for a Living Working for a Living yeah. with Huey Lewis Huey Lewis plays a harmonica on it yeah so yeah they have country connections yeah, I guess so but I guess too it's more of like I guess a Greek stampede doesn't have to be country I guess it's more of just like a city celebration yeah thing, city yeah. it's more of like a like a county fair I guess yeah um, but yeah, so that was, I was really lucky is, you know, with my job, sometimes I don't know if I can go to concerts. It sucks. Um, so that day I bought like a general admission ticket and like, normally I don't like them. But then when I was looking at the layout of the stadium, the paid seats were like behind the general admission. And I remember when I went to the Cheyenne frontier days to see kiss with my wife, it was the same thing. So we got, so we just showed up really early and we got like the third row there so for Bare Naked Ladies, I, I got there like two hours before the concert. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to go like mosey around. And then I saw that the general admission gate was open. And so I gave him my ticket. I walked in. I was the first one in there. So I like um, got like front row and had some awesome pictures from it. because. So yeah, and this year I'm seeing him at 
uh, Red Rock. So it's, uh, I guess the point of my story is you just realize, like, you think you're young, but you're really not anymore. Yeah. You know, and, like, time goes by so fast. Timothy Chalamet is, like, doing interviews where he's like, the Dark Knight inspired me to get into acting. Like, you're 21. You saw that when you were 11. I was 16, man. Fuck off. I know. Dark Knight's 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man, too. Like, uh, I know. Iron Man's yeah. 10 years in, on May 2nd, I think. Also, Tropic Thunder, which yeah. we were just <laughs> talking about things you might not be able to do anymore. I don't know if there's some stuff you could get away with anymore. I think you could. I, I think... You have to have the right actor, and I think Robert Downey Jr. is the right actor for that kind of thing. It's not even that. I'm more referring to like stuff like the Satan's Alley stuff. Like, or like, there's some jokes that I feel like I'd say wearing blackface was worse than yeah. the Satan's Alley. Thing. Um, well, I was watching my. But there's like a reason for it in the character. Like, it's I don't know. It's and sometimes you just don't you don't realize when you're younger. I I got the Looney Tune Platinums on Blu-ray, and I have 150 cartoons. So sometimes it takes me a while to get through them. And I didn't, I knew about it, but then you like have to be reminded of stuff. Mm. Uh, and Bosco, their first like star was like a black faced. It's a minstrel character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <you're laughs> like, Whoa, this is really racist. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Frizz, you've seen the interviews with Frizz Freeling where he's just like, we're trying to copy Mickey. <laughs> it, well, that and you also when you listen, uh, as there's a commentary on it from a film historian, I forget who it is, but they were just uh, doing Al Jolson. Mm-hmm. And I mean, back then it's accepted. And, it, and now you just look at it like, whoa. This is like super insensitive, but <laughs> I, I what it, do we know? It's so weird. I'll talk about too one of the Porky Pig cartoons I watched. I again, I because I watched so many of them, I forgot this one because my little boy wanted to watch Porky Pig. I'm like, wow. We'll talk about when we've been watching, but um, this is going around town with Brad, and Brad has a cool story about going around town. Last night, uh, when you were about and around town, there was this poor woman who wanted to cross the street, and instead of helping her, Brad just pushed her out into traffic and. I saw alert for it when I was driving up, so they're looking right. for you. I got on my car, and I pushed her into traffic, and then got back in my car and drove <laughs> yep. away. Yep. I'm and he said, tuck and roll, Grandma, tuck and roll. <laughs> That's my moral hero right there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I brought it down this time for some weird, dark story. You know, those boomers are trashing us way too much, so <laughs> I, I feel justified in my actions. <laughs> yep. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. All right, uh, Midnight at the Esquire this week is the never-ending story. So if you want to sit in the movie theater for the rest of your yeah! life... Yeah! <laughs> You're a little heavy, uh, That's buddy. a funny joke, Brad. What? <laughs> I was laughing. Didn't, didn't, no, I'd say it's a slow burn joke. Oh, okay. If you want to sit in the theater for the rest of your life because it's the never-ending story. I'm explaining uh, it to people who didn't get it the first time. I thought time. you were talking about your joke. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, no, your joke was better than mine. It's okay. But yeah, Peter Griffin's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little heavy, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We're going down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then March 9th and 10th, the following week, is Cowboy Bebop, the movie. So it's in I'm... Japanese with English subtitles. So if you feel like reading. At midnight? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But it's the pure way, uh, Zach, yeah, but, to watch anime. But, but sometimes <laughs> you get stuff... Like, The Wind Rises, and Emily Blunt voices a character, and it's really great. God, I love that woman. Don't tell John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll come, you see him now, like, in the like Jack Ryan yeah, trailer? He'll, he'll he's, snap like, your neck. he's, like, ripped. I'm like, holy shit. What a handsome devil that guy is. Mm-hmm. He was handsome before, but now he's, like, jacked handsome. Before, he was, like, goofy, I'm Jim handsome. He's somewhere in the middle for a quiet place where he's got, like, a hobo beard. Yeah. 
And every once in a while, he receives a fax from future Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight, don't drink the coffee. <laughs> Someone points us at 8 a.m. <laughs> Jim, did you send Dwight on a quest for the Holy Grail? No. Oh, wait, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think my favorite prank is uh, Asian Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the guy comes and is like, no, you didn't see race. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Dwight. <laughs> this is Jim. <laughs> and it's a picture of it, dude. <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. Um, the third Thursday of, uh, since it's almost March, uh, is EFP emerging filmmakers project. So check that out. $5 bug theater. And then open screen night returns. God, is this thing working? Sounds like it just died. Hang on. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Mike's working. (laughs) It's just, it's just you. (laughs) It just sounded like maybe my ears are just failing. Um, (laughs) Uh, March 27th, Open Screen Night returns, and the real nerds have thrown in another $50 to Amazon to encourage you to make a two to ten minute uh, video uh, based around their theme for this month, month, which is the Wild West. And if you can include the line, this town ain't big enough for the both of us, then you have a chance to win that gift card. And it's two penises fighting. Mm -hmm. And if the two penises can say it, that's a cockfight. It's a... I'm not writing that script. <laughs> Are we making a movie where two penises fight each other? And we're calling it cockfight. Cock All right, I'll get work- working on the poster then. <laughs> oh, t- it should be like two penises so, with. Uh, so it should have two penises with like knight helmets on and the, 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 kung, the kung pao like eyes. Like yes, some guys. Yeah, and like uh, like knights oh, from no. like the the Renaissance period on the on the the mushroom heads. <laughs> This just writes itself. 2019. <laughs> cockfight. <laughs> when one town has a big cock, Blah. there's not room for another one. <laughs> <laughs> one of them has to get the shaft. <laughs> uh... I'm just picturing two animated penises fighting. I know, but it's like a, you know, it's like the the, the old west town. So they're yep. directly opposite each other, and then the shoot has them so jizzing on each other. That, that, <laughs> that and instead of tumbleweed, it's just pubic hairs rolling through town. We have problem, and I'm really sorry to everyone we just offended. Uh, no, where fuck was them. I? I'm going to open up my checkbook. How much do you guys want? Yeah. I'm just going to make it blank. Here you go. <laughs> I expect that poster this week, Brad. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want the poster. I just want like the scene of like the old west town and two uh, dicks squaring off. <laughs> it's wow. called cockfight. Jizz, jizz, Where was I? Um... Emerging screen Lakers night. project. Yeah, no, like we did real that. Stuff. Open screen night. Sorry. Open screen, Open screen night. night. Yeah. What else? Uh, yeah. Five bucks. Also, the Bug Theater, March twenty seventh. Check it out. And there will also have another uh, another game uh, for that show. So, yep. I think that's it. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> we see movies at the Alamo Draft House. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Uh, of course you can go see uh, good old Black Panther. Has anyone seen that yet? Oh, yeah. If you haven't, you're lame. Um, tomorrow, which is Monday, if this goes up, I don't know. Um, Big Trouble in Little China is playing. Um, at Sloan's? Or yeah. no, at, at Littleton. No, I think it's at Sloan's. How about I try that this way? 
Um, for some reason, we keep on getting uh, it's at Littleton. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's, you can see it, catch it at three times. Um, in a lonely place, High School Confidential is playing with James Mansfield, Jane Mansfield. There's a documentary on her I want to see soon. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. Um, you can also on Tuesday go see Ricky O, the story of Ricky, which is like that super gory. Like if you ever go to the Alamo on the pre-show and you see like people kung fu fighting and there's like blood and guts and heads being ripped off, that's what it's from. And uh, Shaft is also playing at Littleton. Shut your mouth. Uh, the original, not the um, the new one. Uh, Golden, I can dig it. Uh, Golden Exits is playing at Sloan's Lake. I don't know what that is. It's like an Emily, a new Emily Browning movie. It's like a very limited release for them. Uh, Anti-Porno is also playing. That's a Japanese movie. It is. And mm-hmm. it's like looks like it's some sort of bondage thing. I don't know. What the hell's going on there? But it says it's anti-porno. <laughs> yes. Uh, DocuWest, Evolution of a Criminal, is playing at Sloan's Lake on Wednesday at uh, 8 o'clock. That actually looked really good if you read the description of it. Um, Heather's is also playing at Littleton. Um, it's an interactive celebration. Oh, sorry, guys. Sold out. Mm. Um, I guess it's a really big movie. I never really got into it. I think it's okay, but um, a lot of people love it. I've never know. seen it, so. It's all right. Mm. Um, the Graveyard Shift, which is uh, goofy like horror films, is Death Weekend. <laughs> That's also at Littleton. That's how James and Henry and I saw Psycho 2. <laughs> the Graveyard Shift. Um, one of the uh, Academy Award nominations for Best uh, Animated Film, The Breadwinner, is playing at Littleton at uh, 7.30 on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Looks cute. Um, yep. <laughs> a Fantastic Woman is a poignant story of one of transgender women's love and loss. And that's the next Drift House recommends. So you can check that out at Sloan's Lake. Uh, Golden Dragon Film Festival opening night reception is at uh, Sloan's Lake on Friday. And uh, they're also showing a film called Split at 630. Um, the Adventure of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension is playing at Littleton at 730 on Friday. And The Road Warrior is playing at 930. Ooh. I haven't and seen Banzai, so I might check that out. I know. I keep on meaning to get the Shout Factory one because they j- they're releasing it on, in a still book <laughs> coming up. I might get that. Mm. Um, on uh, Saturday at Littleton, they're showing War Games, which is, of course is Matthew Broderick. Do you want to play a game? Uh, the Fugitive is also playing. Along with the uh, the Iron Giant at Wait, Littleton on Saturday, the Harrison Ford of the Fugitive. Yep, Harrison Ford at um, four o'clock. I didn't see it, Ryan. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Nah, that movie's great. Wait, is it playing right next to the Iron Giant, or is that was just another one? <laughs> That'd uh, be a weird double bill. <laughs> No, it's it's a different one. That'd be actually interesting one. Um, so the rest of the weekend at Sloan's Lake, uh, make sure you check. They they're doing a, the Colorado Dragon Film Festival, so it's going to be a lot of films from guessing from uh, China. Um, so yeah, they have a lot of those going on. <coughs> and lastly, on Sunday, yep, just make sure you check uh, the Sloan's Lake uh, website for uh, more of the Dragon Film Festival. And they also have uh, Do the Right Thing is playing at um, 6 o'clock. They think they're also doing an Oscar party of some kind or an Oscar red carpet thing. And if you're feeling really 80s, uh, Sunday at Littleton, they're playing Say Anything with um, John Cusack. Was that his first really big movie? Yeah, he uses a boombox in that movie. So outdated. But still cool. (laughs) I wonder what's happening in the world of movies. 
in a segment I call Real News. It's Real News! Zach, your Powerade Zero looks like piss. Yeah. What well, flavor is that? Orange. Oh, see, I set you up for a joke. I didn't even do it. Yeah. Is it good? It's it's delicious. It's a little salty and a little bitter. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, anyway, well played, sir. Anyway, on the news, uh, Cinemark, Cinemark is banning large bags from theaters, um, which seems like they should have done that six years ago when something happened at one of their theaters. But eh, regardless, they're doing it now. So if you wanted to bring a 12, something, something larger than 12 by 12 by 6, <laughs> tough luck. Um and um, but who's in, bringing bags larger than that to begin with? Well, 12, outside outside of the inches? outside of the assholes. Um, oh, I guess me because <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> you bring your camera with you. <laughs> Fuck. Do you go to Cinemarks? No. Yeah. The only one we'd be going to would be Belmar. the Aurora one, or well, or yeah. So yeah. Well, I, one of my goals this year is to see a movie in each Denver theater, so I would have to see one in. Fuck. I would. Would never see one in Cinemark. I hate Cinemark because they uh, they perpetuate bad movie goers. So I don't like them. I know. Yep. But this one time, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you go when to matinee. School. Like when oh yeah, school's in. yeah. When it's like four bucks or something, and well, when schools in, there'll still be shitty seniors there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Ooh. get into that. I'll talk Who about that he? later. <laughs> What's the Rock doing? Um. Uh, in the more film-related news, though, uh, Joss Whedon will not be directing Batgirl after What? All. I'm so surprised. Yeah. Me and um, Andrew talked about that a lot. Uh, even though, I mean, we were kind of excited. No, for I was excited point. for him to do it, but I also knew that it wouldn't happen. Mm, because, it, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's, there was a lot of things going on in DC World the past couple of weeks. Like, apparently... It was official. It apparently somebody revealed that Snyder was fired. It wasn't a let go thing. It, they, he was fired, but he was. Happy. They don't know what they're doing. I, I always thought it'd be interesting if you put her in Gotham City Sirens and have her fight Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. and Catwoman, and just kind of have like an all star female like cast. Because uh, in the animated series, uh, Batgirl was in a lot of episodes with Harvey and Ivy, and so you could just adapt one of those really. What happened? What's a uh, how's a uh, David Ayer's Gotham City Sirens movie going? No one knows because they don't. Uh, so every t- Warner Brothers keeps on revising their schedule. So they're supposed to shoot the Joker origin story this summer, and it's not even related to this universe thing. Yeah, and they're still shooting Suicide Squad two with Jet Leto's Joker, but they want to use uh, some other dude for the Joker origin story. Which is fine if it's going to be like a mobster movie, and the Joker doesn't really play a part until till the end, and he becomes he's the Red Hood or something. Um, but they don't know what they're doing, and I think that's it's going to bite, come back and bite them. Um, it's already biting them, but they're in denial. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, that makes me sad though because I love Joss Whedon and I love Batgirl. And On the plus that, side, it gives like a female di- director a chance to. Yeah, and I mean, if they could find a voice though that works, because because. The thing that makes Barbara Gordon special is, yeah, she trains like Batman, but she's also smarter than Batman. You know, she um, she's the Oracle. She's the one who has the photographic memory. She can remember things. So if they play up that angle, then I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. I didn't know she had a photographic memory. Mm-hmm. 
The uh, the other thing that he might be working on now, though, is a uh, uh, historic historical fiction horror film set during World War II. So that'd be cool from Joss. Yeah, I mean, he could pretty much do what he wants. Um, he's also, I just read that uh, he's going to be rewriting uh, the Buffy comic again, and George's Jaunty is going to be back on board. So hopefully he comes to um, Denver Comic-Con, I can talk to him about it, because he's always said, and um, one of the, my favorite thing about Denver Comic-Con is actually my friendship I've gotten through George's, because he's always really nice, and um, he he's always said that Joss Whedon is like his artist and so that i read that it's like oh the only way joss would come back is if george's was drawing and um so they did that and it, it'd be great to talk to him nice. he's, he's he's a nice man yeah he's uh you you can check him out i believe in real nerds pod shows season uh season one episode six, six yeah he's in there yep and i do ha- we do have an interview with him from last year's denver comic-con that i'll have to resend to you because we had a problem with our hard drive I'll do that. Oh, I'm going to do it right now so I don't forget. <laughs> um, um, uh, but something that is not dead that I thought was very, very dead, the Dark Tower TV series is uh, landing at Amazon. So if you did see the Dark Tower movie and were angry about it, maybe you can give this a shot. If you were smart and avoided it, then maybe you'll have better uh, reaction to this. I don't know. I I didn't like that movie. So I, I'm kind of like meh on a tv series of it i do have all the books though uh, a friend of mine from the old view skew board sent me the entire series because he thought i would love it so i need to pay him back the favor and read those books see what i think of them um and then they're in a the nice little shelf too it's really nice um hbo's got a new uh show coming out called barry with bill Hader playing a hitman who gets bitten by the acting bug and we got a trailer for it and actually it looks pretty fun um i'm excited for it um, I I I love Bill Hader, so I'm always down to see him get some. He does a lot of things that you're not aware of, like he's a staff writer for South Park. And, yeah. Um. So this will this will be nice to see him get some uh, camera time again. Um, a Flame and Hot Cheetos movie is coming to save cinema, according to all reports. Um, but it is not like a emoji movie of any kind. It's actually about the guy who created Flame and Hot Cheetos. And he was a former janitor at the Frito Lay factory. That's like a big thing now. I people have been using those to like uh, cook with, and so I always thought like maybe making a like a panko like flaming hot Cheetos um, thing and like putting it in pork chops and baking it would probably be pretty good. Because mm, no. I do like flaming hot Cheetos. According to this, like a, the creation of it like changed the the trajectory of the f- uh, the snack food industry. Hmm. Which I would guess it means like now we get flavored everything, you know. Uh, you know, Cheetos is like one of the earliest uh, snack foods, like chips wise, um, and that's they merged with Frito Lay as like one of the. Uh, it, I think there's a documentary coming out about the guy who invented Cheetos too. The original Cheetos are the puffy ones. No, no, the crunchy ones are original. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. And it used to. Uh, Please hmm. tell me the documentary is called Dangerously Cheesy. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Inside Chester Cheetah. <laughs> well, because Fritos and Cheetos were like really like the first really big um, snack foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's a Super Nintendo game called Dangerously Cheesy. Yeah, the Chester, Chester Cheetah, Cheetah game. Yeah, I saw it at uh, Game Force last night. <laughs> they, wow, <laughs> I should have got it. Expensive. Uh, I think it was ten bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. I always wanted to play the Porky Pig one. <laughs> I heard it's really easy. I think that was there too. Porky Pig Haunted Mansion or something. Mm. Anyway, sweet. 
making a murderer sequel, Convicting a Murderer has been announced. So I guess they're not going to do a really a second season so much as a uh, from the different point of view. I don't, think you, read, I don't think you read the article. Mm. Well, the first season took place over 10 years, so. Uh, they're still doing a sequel, the second season to it, but they're also doing that one. Oh, okay. It's by a different filmmaker. Oh, no. You're right. My bad. I, I misread it. Um, and How can you report on the news if you just read the headlines? <laughs> Millennial. <laughs> Problem with everybody nowadays. <laughs> Here's one that I did read. Uh, the live-action Pinocchio is getting Paul King, the guy yeah. who directed Paddington. Which would be nice because I like <laughs> That's a sweet picture of Pinocchio right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio smoking a stogie. Oh God, I I'm, I love Pinocchio. I do too. Oh, I finally did see that smoking ad, anti-smoking ad you were talking about for Disney, where yep. it shows the Pinocchio clip. Yeah, that that <laughs> is pretty good. It convinced me. I'm oh, I think my uh, Saladus Amigos came on Saturday. I have to check my mailbox on the way home. Oh, yeah, I have to. Have to so talk to do you, you think Disney will? Start going through the uh, catalog to make 4K Blu-rays of all the movies. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know how. Mm. Here's the thing: is uh, and I'll talk about it when we get to what we've been watching. Actually, I'll save it for that. But I know sometimes that 2D stuff doesn't really translate very well to 4K because there's only so much detail and color you can show. Yeah. Um, And also, they don't really have a vested interest in. So I got Cars three on 4K, and it's fucking amazing. But that's because there's dimension to that. Yeah, and that, and I mean, it's already Pixar. Mm -hmm. So their stuff already looks great on Blu-ray. So I I do think the Pixar stuff will all go to 4K. Um, So But like Snow White. And and I'll talk about another. So there's a couple um, 4K things that are like, you should show people why you should get 4K. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, and Cars 3 is one of them. Because just like the, I can't describe, like the sparks and stuff. It sounds really stupid. But like the colors you can see and how it pops off the screen is pretty amazing. Um, and, um, two more things, uh, Jordan Peele's new movie will be filming this year, which is great. It's going to be another social thriller. He hasn't really said exactly what it's going to be about, but, uh, I'll watch, get excited because, uh, he made the best movie of last year and, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, debatable. Well, that wasn't, that didn't feature a (laughs) Spider-Man or Thor. You just watch it's gonna it's gonna it's, it's gonna win best original screenplay at the Oscars. I, I hope know, it does. Jump up and down and I hope joy. it does. I'm gonna be like take that everyone else. It doesn't matter though. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, speaking it matters about, to me. Speaking of the Oscars though, just before the Oscars are about to uh, commence their ceremonies, uh, The Shape of Water, which is the front runner, finds itself in a bit of a sticky situation. Um, apparently, they have not one but two copyright infringement uh, claims against them. However, the first one, which was Comparing it to a film from uh, uh, Norway, uh, an animated film, um, has been kind of debunked and like kind of clarified by the creators of that film. Um, the other claim, though, is from the um, son of late Pulitzer Prize playwright Paul Zindel, who wrote a very similar play called Let Me Hear You Whisper. Um, Del Toro's denying that he's ever heard of it. So I've never heard of it. This is all coming. This is all coming up right before it's going to win Best Picture because and everything, isn't everything inspired by something else? Smear campaign. Yeah, it's it's that's like saying like oh well everything Quentin Tarantino ever did is is a ripoff of something else. Like yeah, you get it. So anyway, that is news, guys. Unless I missed anything. Oh yeah, Black Panther made all the money. Yeah, you know actually I was going to talk about how pretty impressive that is. For a movie that, I mean, it's a great movie, but a movie you wouldn't expect to make that much money. 
and it kind of just came out of nowhere. And it's it's awesome that it's it's the diversity that people want. Mm-hmm. Just like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman made. I think people were more skeptical about Wonder Woman because it was a DC movie. But then when people saw how good, how great the film is. I mean, it was in my top ten last year. How great the movie is. Then it slowly built steam and uh, ended up making over four hundred million. This movie's already made four hundred million, <laughs> and I, it, it's it's pretty amazing to me. Um, yeah. Because you're talking about. Uh, I mean, Black Panther's a cool character, but if you talk to any comic book people, probably C level. Um, he's been in comics for over 50 years, and he's a cool character. I'm not take, diminishing his character, but, I mean, how many people really knew about Black Panther? I wonder if it's the same, if it has the same thing with Iron Man, where it's like, because we don't know a lot about him, Maybe. we're a little bit more, and it's we fresh. don't have, I mean, like, an idea in our head already. I mean, the movie's cool. It does a lot of things that um, exploit why Wakanda's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the technology of driving a car without driving it. Um yeah. It, it's there's lots of cool things and the movie's really well done and uh like i said last week or was it was last week um the energy in it is awesome mm-hmm. and i think kugler is really great at delivering energy in his films no matter what it is mm-hmm. um and it could just be two people talking the scene in creed where stallone is talking to creed in the locker room about had him dying and not having and having cancer and stuff is it's palpable you can you can feel kugler's talent he just can do it he just knows what he's doing and it, he he deserves everything he he's getting right now because he's an amazing filmmaker. Yep. Anyway, so that is news. Hmm. And uh, if we want to go ahead and spin on some Blu-rays and some 4K releases, is we this, can. Is this guy the host of the show? Are, are, are you Ryan Frost? What the fuck is this? I'm just saying I have the window up now. So, so, so yeah, so we're not going to do that. You should <laughs> have it memorized. <laughs> this movie's coming out on Blu-ray. <laughs> DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, if you want to see Gary uh, Oldman put on jowl makeup and play Winston Churchill, you can in Darkest Hour on... It's a Darkest Hour! <laughs> Does he say that in the movie? No, but you're not... You haven't seen it yet, have you? No. He... It's... I would love some subtitles on that movie at points, because it is kind of hard to understand. I heard he's great in it, but every time I see previews for it, it seems like he's, like, super chewing scenery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that was Churchill. He was a loud, bombastic man. He was. Yeah. And also a failure. Before and after World War Two, but during World War Two, he was great. There's a great joke of like, like what, what, what does that man at Number Ten Downing Street do? He's a painter. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, also uh, Murder on the Orient Express is getting a uh, Blu-ray and 4K release. So if you uh, want to see Johnny Depp get stabbed by several celebrities, you can. Um, uh, spoilers. <laughs> oh, come on, it's a 70 year old book. <laughs> I'm playing this game. Uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I think you would like. Um, if you haven't seen it, I haven't. I see a lot of movies. Um, is coming to Blu-ray and 4K. Um, I went to Walmart today though, and the DVD is already on their shelves. So shame on you, Walmart. For... <laughs> you know who does that all the time is Twist and Shout. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen stuff there like three weeks early. Um, also, the uh, Morgan Freeman, Tommy Lee Jones, Renee Russo old people movie just getting started from the director of Bull Durham is on Blu-ray this week. And I was it... just getting started with my dear friend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's 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 my Morgan Freeman. Agent K was my friend. The so, tagline is chivalry meets rivalry. Chivalry yeah. meets rivalry in my <laughs> new movie. Watch my geese exploitation movie, which I will definitely be watching. He's great as movie. Lucius Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Three buttons is a little 90s, Mr. Wayne. Um, Basket Case is coming out from Arrow. 
I know. I pre-ordered that. They didn't ship it to me yet. I wonder if it's on back order right now. That's possible. Um, I mean, it's a pretty great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've only heard about it. I've never seen it. Well, so I'll I'm, let you borrow when I can. I'm, I'm going to have to check Just it out. Just remind me. Um, and uh, we've also got some Warner Archives. Paul Newman is Harper. Hmm. I like Paul Newman a lot. Yeah, from 66. So it's Handsome uh, Devil. Um, and then also The Drowning Pool, uh, which is from 1975. And, yeah, looks it, it's got a picture of a hand covering a face. Um, and then Scream Factory is also putting out 7852, how, uh, Hitchcock's shower scene, which, if you haven't seen it, really good. I recommend you check it out. Um, you will not be disappointed. On the Disney front, I believe Lady and the Tramp's getting its signature collection. It uh, is, and you're missing like a really big movie. Uh, Coco is there coming out on Blu-ray and 4K. <laughs> no, it's just on the third page. That's why I'm not at it right away. Um, also, you can get Meet Joe Young, uh, the uh, hmm. gorilla movie from the 90s. Mighty Joe Young? Mighty Joe Young, no, sorry. Yeah, Meet Joe Young. What am I thinking? <laughs> what, what, was I, what, what was I thinking? Brad Pitt plays an ape. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go over there. We're going to eat the bananas, and we're going to like it. And you're going to sit there while I'll eat them bananas. That's my Brad Pitt. That's all I got. <laughs> um, and, and people can see it because they're just listening to me. But I was like pointing like I had food in my hand <laughs> whilst talking about getting more food. Is Cyborg finally coming out this week? Uh, I think, no, it's like I think April 27th. Still wrong. Okay. Yeah. And then the last thing from Kino Lobor, if you want to see Jane Russell in The Outlaw, you can in uh, 4K restoration of that film, which... Howard Hawks invented cool a high dynamic bra for that movie. His shot, uh, I forgot to mention because I, I keep on missing weeks, but hey, three weeks in a row, um, is uh, Only Angels Have Wings. He has an amazing shot in that film. Mm. He's, a, he's a pretty great director. Yeah. And he um, he produced Scarface, the original he did. Scarface. Yeah. So if you want to. Um, he probably was a horrible person. I don't know anything about him personally. Howard. Oh, no, I went Howard Hughes. Sorry, not Howard Hawks. Howard Hughes. My bad. <laughs> No, but still the outlaw. If you want to see Jane Russell's cleavage, you can. And who doesn't? Yeah, um, I mean she's amazing. I mean, yeah. And oh, Zero Dark Thirty in 4K too. So nice. That movie's awesome. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Anyway, that is Blu-rays. We also watch movies throughout the week, in a segment I call, Brad. What have you been watching? So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, not really anything. I rewatched the original four Batman movies. Um, I still think I, Batman Returns is the best. Yeah, it's second best for me. But um, I say you're full of shit, Brad. <laughs> yeah, you're quoting it. Um, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Good boy, job. Um, I will say Here. though that uh, <laughs> a brownie for you. <laughs> watching the '89 Batman, there is some. The performances in it are really great. Like, uh, I love the scene where uh, the Joker kills Jack Palance's character. I don't know. Something about the whole, like, maniac. I don't know. I just, everything that this, how it's shot, how it's staged, I think is really cool. That whole movie in general, like, if you watch Batman Returns, like, Returns feels like a polished movie on a soundstage. Like, even Gotham City is really just that one town yeah. square. Whereas the first one, there's, like, these large matte paintings and things and... Um, I think that's more style, but I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I think like the, the, like the plot is so zany and bonkers, and the performances are so great. Like that's like what really shines 
um, in that movie. But I wasn't like I love the first one a lot. Like it's one of my top five all time. Mm-hmm. But they're like when you watch it too many times, you start to notice things like you know when the Joker uh, takes the the feather pen and stabs that guy um, in front of the courthouse. There's there's like Gotham police just staying there watching him do it. <laughs> like what just happened? And then he gets to like turn around and do his whole big speech thing. Like if that was real life, he would have been shot like yeah. instantly. I don't know. I, too because it's your favorite movies. Like you know, I could pick apart things in Army of Darkness, but I choose just to ignore it and yeah. enjoy the movie. Um, um, but then there's things like um, I was telling James because uh, he was around at the time. Then there's movies that like get just get worse every time we watch them, which is. Like growing up, Batman Forever was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's tough now. It's goofy as fuck. <laughs> like it's it's at least a little bit close to the production design of Returns, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the dialogue just keeps gets, keeps getting I, worse. I think Tommy Jones is awful in that movie. Yeah, like I get what he's doing, uh, but again, like that those two movies are Schumacher's vision of the batman tv show mm-hmm. updated so like from a production design standpoint it's pretty admirable but well i think i think it looks great yeah but... surfs up big kahuna um but yeah jim carrey's performance really like is like the only interesting thing really going on he's actually pretty good in that too yeah he he plays the duality of the roles really well um and then batman and robin is just like oh my god like did they write this script in a weekend because well too so you know i rewatched him i think last year People say that Val Kilmer's a good Batman. I think he's really boring. Do you think he's boring in it? I think he's boring. I like him as Bruce Wayne more than I like him as Batman. Because he's all he, like, but in the first one, he it's a revenge story. In the second one, he is it's kind of a love story. Struggling with like finding an equal in Catwoman, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like that's his story. Michael Keaton's great though. <laughs> yeah, like, it's good, but like, for Val Kilmer, what he has to do is like, oh, I'm having memories about this book. Yeah, and, I, I, and know, I think he's Chase just, Meridian likes me. I think he's just boring. Yeah, like he doesn't have anything to do. So I don't, I don't know if it's like his fault or if it's just the script's fault. I gotta take care of this young boy who's really a young man. Why is this young man? Because I even think George Clooney's a better rent. <laughs> yeah, watch that one again. <laughs> I did. He, uh, he's high freeze. I'm, I'm Batman. Batman. <laughs> like. <laughs> Wow, great delivery, buddy. <laughs> um, you ever listen? You ever watched it with the riff tracks version of it? Like the only parts he's good in is when he's like consoling Alfred. Yeah, um, like, I think he's great as Bruce Wayne. Only when he's with Alfred. <laughs> like even when he's the Playboy, like getting interviewed by Gossip Gertie and stuff, it's just like uh, it doesn't seem like he really understands that character, hmm. and maybe doesn't even want to be there. But anyway, you paid enough money. And then the the last thing I watched is I watched Game Night. Um, which oh. is a new movie that came out this week. Uh, and that's okay. It's funny in a lot of places. Uh, I inexplicably laughed out loud, like in the theater, like a crazy person when at this later in the movie, they're trying to track down this Fabergé egg that's in this rich guy's house and the, the game night group. Um, so Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams, they're like, they grew up as trivia, like they're competitive and they grew they met at trivia um, got married and then since then on they've always been like the pros of doing game night and then um, so they're trying to have a baby and the doctor brings up like is there any like stress in your life and it turns out that he's kind of uh, frustrated because his brother is like this go-getter super successful you know like bought stock in Panera early and he's coming into town and that's why he's like on edge 
Um, and his brother comes into town. He's like, look, you know, we're not doing your regular like Scrabble game night. I just paid like a exorbitant amount of money to do this like live game thing where, you know, you sit back and then this, you know, it's like an escape room mm-hmm. or the immersive business immersive theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, so he's like, you know, the FBI will be here. So, you know, just sit back and the game will just start when it starts. And then these, uh, shortly, uh, after these, uh, two guys come in and kidnap him and like go through this huge, like realistic fight. <laughs> so they beat up his brother and then everyone else in the, uh, in the group is like, yeah, this is, this is great. Yeah. They're just like eating snacks and stuff. And, oh, that looks real <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that. And then, uh, anyway, so eventually it turns out like they realize it is real and they have to go find this Fabergé egg at this rich guy's house. And there's a joke early on that, uh, said like, oh, well, rich guys pay uh, homeless people to fight. They're called fight clubs. And they get to the house. <laughs> there's a fight club going on, and, and the idiot of the group, um, uh, he's like, "Well, I think the fa- I'm going to stay down here and watch the fight because you know, who knows? Maybe the Faberge egg is down here." And then at one point, the butler opens this safe on the wall that the painting was behind, and there's the Faberge egg. <laughs> so he sneaks across like the fight club like audience and gets to the safe, and then grabs the egg, and then turns around, and the fight ends with the guy getting knocked out right in front of him. So all the rich people are staring at him. And he's got the egg in his hand, and the owner of the house is like. Uh, excuse me who are you he's like oh i'm the ceo of cyberdyne systems <laughs> uh yeah that's a terminator joke for all those young folks out there yeah. and there's like a little like nerd references references like that throughout that were fun but overall uh the only like really interesting thing was for all the, like the wide shots of like when they're moving between scenes like driving a car or something they do a tilt-shift photography effect, so it makes the houses and the cars look like pieces on a board. So I don't know if you've like, looked at... like Adult Swim used to do it in some of their interstitials where they show like Atlanta um, mm-hmm. and just the way that like they blurred out certain... It just made it look like... It made the structures look like you know miniatures. Mm-hmm. And so they do that in the movie, which is kind of cool. And then... Uh, what's his name? Uh, I forget his character from Breaking Bad, but he... Like in the later seasons... Um, he's helping out Walt, and he screws up big time. Oh, he kills that kid. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I forget his name, but he plays this... Uh, he's in The Master, too, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, he plays a cop. Their neighbor is a cop, and uh, he recently got divorced. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons, yeah. Uh, so uh, he's a total weirdo, and he's always like holding his dog, Sebastian, and so every time Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams go home, he's like waiting by the mailbox because he wants to... like. When he was married, they would play with them. But now that he's single, they don't want to play with him anymore because he's a huge weirdo. Um, so he's really funny. Like, um, he just talks like, so, I heard you guys are having another game night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Having a, haven't done it in a while. But and then he gets like really technical about things and <laughs> just like leaves sentences hanging. <laughs> So that's really fun. And he has kind of a big reveal at the end, which is great. So anyway, it's it's fun, but it's probably something you just watch on Netflix or something. Zach? Um, I didn't watch that much, actually, this week. Um, I've uh, been watching a bunch of old Star Trek on Netflix because it's there. Um, I'm about 10 episodes into the first season, and it's just fun. I like I like old Star Trek a lot. Um. I got a copy of the Psycho Legacy on. It's not on Blu-ray. It's only on DVD from Shout Factory, which is the documentary that um, 
uh, was done on the Psycho franchise. Um, they barely touched the first one. It's more about <laughs> two, three, and four. Because they can't. If you uh, get the Shout Factory or the Scream Factory um, Psychos, I think they break them up on each one of them. So if you get two, three, and four, they have the segments on two, three, and four. Oh, really? If I remember right, I could be wrong, but I have them all. Yeah, and I've seen the special features, but I'll talk about it when I get to my. my yeah, one. no, I um, I have it down there. Like it's got two discs, and it's got all the stuff they left out of the documentary, mm. including one on the remake, gotcha. which I might get to this week. Um, but I mean, it's 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 pretty well done. The guy who uh did it um is doing the uh Shockwaves podcast for Blumhouse mm. right now, and he's a. Uh, He's Inter- fun. He's a fun, interesting guy to listen to. Um, I watched Ken Burns' The Dust Bowl. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's Ken Burns. I'll watch you gave it. it five stars? Yeah, because here's my review. <laughs> here's my review. It's Ken Burns, man. He can make a documentary on grass growing, and I'd watch it, mainly because he'd So what are the causes of the Dust Bowl, Zach? What'd you learn? <laughs> the, lack, the lack of grass and the tilling of the soil and the earth. Oh, you did causing, learn something. I'm causing, very proud of you. Causing, therefore, for everything to dry up in that area not to mention the factors of the the weather the climate of mm-hmm. that area and every everything in the weather kind of collides together to bring up the dust storms like that and they don't just come from like the area you're in like they come from high up like a, it's like a wind front pushing down on on you so like you can get dust from Oklahoma coming mm-hmm. into can or oh that's a bad example like North Dakota coming down onto uh, Kansas or Oklahoma pushing down into Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and You um, did learn something, Zach. I'm very I did. proud of you. I know. It's amazing. Um, actually, there's some great... That's, that's why Ken Burns is a great documentarian. <laughs> yes, you know. I, I learned something. Oh, right. <laughs> um, there's actually really good, cool footage of the grasshoppers eating up the fucking crops, Mm-mm. which I was just like, shit. And then and my dad's doing this genealogy thing and whatnot, mm-hmm. so we looked in my grandmother's diary, and sure enough... She recounts some of her experiences in the Dust Bowl. So she she was talking about specifically the red dust, So, hmm. um, which was pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's only two parts. It's about, I want to say about five hours. But it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And it goes into a lot of – actually, the very tail end is about how the fact that we're irrigating soil from, the bo- from, the, from, from below the earth now um uh is not good because that reserve will dry out within the next 20 years hmm. so we'll lose water and we'll end up in the same place all over again and the last five minutes of the movie is people who lived through the dust bowl era going like why would you do that you fucking moron <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> which i i wish they had actually said you fucking moron <laughs> that would have been awesome yeah. by pointing his cane at you <laughs> listen to me shawnee listen to me you fucking jackasses <laughs> um and then the last thing I watched was I saw the 90s uh, It. It's garbage. Because um, I had a bunch of vouchers at work, and they had the DVD, and I'm like, I'm not going to get it in under any other circumstances. <laughs> um, so I watched the whole thing, and and I wrote some notes. But basically, like the disadvantage that this has is that I saw the remake first, and well, I loved it. I think the biggest disadvantage is made for TV. <laughs> well, that's another one, but I... <laughs> I kind of give it a weird pass on that because it, I it, don't. when you watch it, though, it's interesting. Like It's Tommy, Wee- Tommy Lee Wallace is the director yeah. of it, and he does a good job with what he's given. Um, the visual effects of it, like there's a scene where um, I think it's Richie is going into the shower because he's afraid of going into the shower with other kids, and all the showers extend out and start trying to grab at him. But it looks like kind of like a lame ass version of a Freddy nightmare. Mm. Um, but then uh, Pennywise comes out of the drain pipe and 
Tim Curry does his thing, and he's he's great in it. No, 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 Tim Curry's great. Um, but I um I do feel like the kids in this one are not as fun as the ones in the new one. Um, yep, there's no new kids on the block references. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, but there are some creepy moments with Ben in this one where. Mm-hmm. Because we don't really know a lot about Ben's backstory in this new one in terms of his father being dead and whatnot. But in the, in the TV version, he's like, oh, my, my dad was shot down in Korea. And there's a thing where either, he's looking across the swamp entrance to the sewer. Mm-hmm. And he sees his father hanging outside of the sewer going like, this is my new home. We all float around here. And it's it's creepy in the way of like when I watch an old clip of something that looks creepy, like where I'm just like, ah, oh, that's going to pop out of the television and just stab me. <laughs> isn't it? Um, but yeah, and it, it's a TV movie, so it's pretty fucking long. Um, but I, and also that, yeah, that spiders, that, that spiders terrible. Mm-hmm. I really hope Andy does something different with the, uh, next one. Um, but, uh, John Ritter's actually really good. Oh, no, John Ritter. As, as old, I think John Ritter's a great actor. He's really good as old Ben. And I like, um, uh, Seth Green, young Seth Green in it too. Um, I don't like the guy who plays him as an old guy though. He looks like angrier Jeff Foxworthy, um, which is really strange. But anyway, um, don't watch it. If you're a clown in the sewer, you might be Pennywise. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to. I want to drag all the blue collar out of my head. Um, but if you rip off kids' arms and eat them, you might, you be, might Pennywise. be Pennywise. <laughs> Here's your sign. Um, <laughs> uh, I, um, but no, I mean, I might. I actually got another miniseries that I'm going to check out next week. The V miniseries with uh, Robert England. England. Yeah. So, which that's, he's how not that's, how, that's how I got famous. Which funny, he's not credited on the box of that DVD, no. even though he's probably the most notable person <laughs> in that fucking series. Because I looked at all the names, I'm like, don't know him, don't know her, <laughs> don't know him, don't know her. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> so anyway, that's all I watched this. Week. I mean, I mean, if I had to sum up. Like the TV version of it, it doesn't have the right stuff. No, it does not. <laughs> that that was the new kids on the block reference. Okay, <laughs> you know, but um, I was amazed though. Like, there's gonna be a documentary about it though, which I think sounds more interesting than what I ended up watching. Um, but hearing Tim Curry talk about it in the interviews is pretty interesting. He has fun things yes, to say about it. Yes, I am Pennywise. <laughs> That's. He actually, he's actually, there's a, you know that moment, you know the moment in the new one where they're watching the uh, s- s- photo slides and then Pennywise pops out? Mm-hmm. Their version of that in this is looking at a photo album, I think, uh, if you remember, and like, and he starts talking as he's grabbing to a lamppost. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill you all. I'm gonna murder you. And I'm like, that's the moment where I'm like, oh, okay, I understand why kids were scared shitless of this. It's a clown telling you he's gonna murder you. <laughs> um, and it's great acting. But you know, I don't like. I like my Tim Curry when he's a butler. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Communism was the red herring mm-hmm. in that whole. Yeah. Well, the butler did it. Yes. <laughs> in one version. <laughs> in one version. <laughs> anyway, that's all I watched this week. Uh, I watched a documentary too. Um, I watched the uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Three YouTube documentary. Oh, how was it? It was not good. Oh. Um, <laughs> Did Crystal Lake Memories not cover this shit? They did. And so here's the thing is it doesn't cover really anything new. Uh, It's more of a tribute to Richard Booker who played Jason in that and he passed away four years ago. Yes. Um, So it's more of a tribute to him and how he was a stuntman. But it's not as well written. So the transitions are really bad. Um, And it it just 
rehashes stuff you already know. Um, I mean, they did get a lot of the major actors, and the guy who got his eyeball popped out, uh, he's a narrator, so it's kind of cool that way. But overall, it's not. It's, I think it's 26, 27 minutes. It doesn't touch anything new. Um, and I was hoping it would because, you know, they're talking about, you know, this, they want, the beginning they talk about how they're celebrating Richard Booker's life, and they really don't get into him too much they just talk about how he was funny and he'd be smoking like a corn pop pipe before he was killing people um so i guess that i learned that in this documentary but it's not very well edited uh but you know whatever i guess it satiates people who don't want to just spend five bucks a month on shutter.com and get the complete access yeah to or, crystal lake memories. or you just buy the blu-ray i think it's yeah like 12 bucks <laughs> yeah but and it's worth it because it's six hours five hours Covers every. I think it's about forty minutes for each movie. Yep. I don't think it's as long as the Nightmare on Elm Street one, but it's so long. It's longer. Yeah, the Nightmare on Elm Street is four. I have it. It still the, covers a lot, but yeah, it, yeah, it is shorter because just Jason has more movies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah whatever. Um, I also started. So my wife the other a couple weeks ago told me that I don't watch my movies more than once. So I decided that I was going to do a new series called The Scream Factory Crypt. Uh, where I'm just going to rewatch all my Scream Factory stuff. Even if I watched it recently, I'm going to rewatch them all. And then I'm going to review them. I'm going to uh, talk about them on the show and also post them on um, our website with uh, what I think of the, the video transfer, the sound, um, the movie, and the extras. Uh, so the first one I posted was Army of Darkness. And it's it's really hard for me to review this movie, just like when a Spider-Man movie comes out. I already know what my favorite movie of the year is going to be. Because the Spider-Man movie is going to have to be really bad for me n- not to... At least put it in my top, like, two or three movies of the year. I wonder what would constitute a bad Spider-Man movie I don't movie know yet. For you. I don't know yet. Maybe we'll see it in October when it Venom comes out. <laughs> That's not Spider-Man. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, Unless uh, he shows up in it. But anyway, no. Still not Spider-Man. <laughs> um, so, uh, so on the website, I reviewed Army of Darkness, and I watched all three cuts this week. Um, wow. So, the <laughs> yeah, my kid was sick, so he kept on going to bed really early. I really didn't know what to do with myself. Um, so the, the theatrical cut is only 81 minutes long. So that movie is just, it moves, it moves, it moves. And, um, the transfer is really good on it. Uh, they fixed some of the problems universal, like their first Blu-rays, they made things really glossy. I don't know if you even pick that up, but like, so the army of darkness, like their skin looked kind of waxy. Yeah. They were talking about on the predator, like the, yeah, like yeah. everything is like waxy looking. Yeah, yeah. So that's not universal though. It's not, but they, it's not. Um, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. So Screen Factor went back and it made it more look more uh, like a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, theatrical cut looks great. The director's cut looks good, but because the director's cut also inserts stuff that um, was cut, uh, there is a dip in quality sometimes. And I mean, the director's cut is 15 minutes longer. And also, uh, if you've never seen the director's cut, um, it's tough. Not that it's bad. But it's edited a lot differently. So on the director's cut, Henry the Red at the end shows up at the very beginning of the fight. He doesn't come in at the very end to like save the day. Mm -hmm. And the best part about the director's cut is they have a vintage commentary with just uh, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. And then Ivan Raimi comes in about the graveyard scene. Um, And I really miss Sam Raimi um, talking because he's really funny. And he's so smart. He has such great technical uh, wisdom to give people, but he doesn't do it anymore. I mean, I, I mentioned last week on the drag me to hell, he doesn't even show up on the, any of the special features. Um, 
and then the international cut is, that, is a new 4K scan, and I think that's six minutes longer, um, something like that. And so that one looks the best because they went back and they did a new transfer of it. Um, yeah, it's like probably like six minutes long. Yeah. Um, so the sorry, I have a copy. Of oh that yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, the, the the best feature on that is they have a feature length documentary about making of Army of Darkness, uh, how it slowly became a popular movie. And how Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell actually spent about four million of their own money to finish it, um, and it only made back eleven million. I think it cost twenty million to make, uh, so they didn't make their money back. Eventually, I think they probably did, but uh, not for a while. But so yeah, it's a great. Uh, if you like the movie, you'll see a lot of different cuts of it. It's a great value. I think it's like twenty two bucks right now. Um, yeah, that's what I got this one for. Yeah, so you, you get three cuts of the movie, actually four cuts because they also have the TV version. Um, but that's not, it's not up converted at all. It's that's more like if you want to have the novelty of it, like but it's, it has different scenes in it though. It's really weird. It, Cause remember back then, like if you watch Billy Madison on TV, it has different like moments in it. And, uh, same with, uh, army of darkness. Um, that's so right. alternate takes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a really fun one. Um, I'll be posting this week, the autopsy of Jane Doe, which I watched again. And that's a fun movie. Um, it's about this dead girl that's, no one knows who she is, shows up with email Hirsch and um, Brian Cox are uh, morticians and they perform an autopsy on her and weird things start happening. Mm-hmm. Directed by the guys who did the troll hunter, uh, troll hunters. Uh, and I also watched um, the Babadook again, which is a great film. Um, if you haven't seen it, did you know that's their highest selling? Yeah. Uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, and I have. It, I have and the... it got even bigger with that meme. Yeah, <laughs> with about twenty four's biggest only movie. No, 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 oh, uh, Scream Factor. Um, but like, there was a meme going around on the internet how the Babadook was like an LGBT mm-hmm. friendly monster, and they saw their sales shoot up for that month. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you can get it anymore. I actually have the limited edition one where you open it up and the Babadook comes like out of it. Um, and now I think they just sell it without that. I think yeah, I think that that limited one's gone right now. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a great film. I'll put up all that stuff sometime this week. That just reminded me, I need to order the Nightbreed uh, three disc version before it goes away. Uh, well, it's, it's gone. It, no, there's there's still some on Amazon for okay. like eighty bucks. <laughs> you want to spend eighty bucks on it? Um, I'm gonna buy it right out from under him. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so and, and the last thing I watched is I uh, watched uh, Gotham by Gaslight, which is the new Batman animated series uh, or animated film. Uh, it's based on an Elseworld graphic novel where it takes place in Victorian-era Gotham City and Jack the Ripper is there. And uh, Bruce Greenwood plays Batman, and he's actually pretty good. Um, I think he's played him before. Yeah, he has. On Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's no, pre- that was Peter Weller. No, uh, he has played him before, though. I forget which one. Uh, he's he's pretty good. Um, the film is pretty fun. Uh, it, it, ta- it lets... Batman be a detective, which I always like. Uh, if you've read the graphic novel, for fans of the graphic novel, uh, they do change who the Jack the Ripper is, and it is kind of shocking. And it makes it actually, I think it actually makes it a better story. Um, it is rated R. There is lots of violence in it. Um, they do show Jack the Ripper like murdering people, uh, which they should. I, I think it deserves it. And um, the final fight between Jack and Batman on a Ferris wheel is really well animated. Um, and it looks great. Um, and uh, so anyway, so the 4K stuff on that um, doesn't look that great. Um, so, 4K version of that? Yeah. So the 4K version of Gotham by Gaslight looks good. But I could actually, actually I couldn't tell the difference between the two discs. 
Mm. So oh, I got the steel book. Yeah, that's why. Okay, you didn't get the steel book. No. Okay. Um. So I couldn't tell the difference between the two discs at all. My thing is just because it's the animation style. Because I mean, how much more um, detail can you show when yeah. it's? I mean, because in that you're not going to show like you know stitches and texture on uh, clothes because that's it looks weird when you animate it. Uh, did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought the the twist because I didn't read I didn't read mm-hmm. the Elseworlds comic, so I didn't know it was coming. Um, but I was telling them, you know, a lot of it for me is just like, oh, that's cool. They interpreted this as this. Mm-hmm. So the whole time I'm thinking Jack the Ripper is going to be the Joker, and it's not. No, and then that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and then I think it's Harvey Dent, and it's not. No, they do, <laughs> they do have a lot of red herrings, and yeah. um, so in the Elseworlds, it's it's like some random dude. So I, I I like that they changed it to make it more. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I mean he's in the comic, but so the comic's only I think forty pages. Um, you can get it's pretty cheap. I think you get it at coins cards for like six bucks. Um. It's all right. I, I I mean I like Mike Mignola's art a lot because it's really um, simplistic, mm-hmm. but he he draws really. I don't think he's a great artist, but I think he's a cool artist, and I think he his composition's really cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I like Gotham by Gaslight. It was fun. Yeah, uh, I still I still think Under the Red Hood might be my favorite, um, like DC animated feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I have to think about it. That was a. Sp- I didn't expect it to be as good, but uh, my well, the story's already pretty great. Um, but but when I saw it though, like I wasn't like into DC animated stuff mm-hmm. necessarily. But my friend and I, we when we drove out to like Comic Con, we went and saw it screened there, but like the day before the release or something. And like I, we watched it on their screens at the con, and like even with that, with it not being like the best quality or whatnot, I was like, this is fucking great, like. And John yeah. DiMaggio's playing the Joker, and he's doing a great job. Like, yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah, so. I'm trying to think. I'd have. I, I. I think I have like 15 animated Batman movies. Yeah, I'm looking up a list right now. Well, I. But also, I'm excluding Return of the Joker, which I think's great, and Mask of the Phantasm. I'm talking about kind of like the new, the direct to uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I liked Gotham Knights when they came out. Yeah. The um, the um, the extended thing like came out around the time of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought Assault on Arkham was fun. Oh, Assault. So, yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, never mind. I, I think I still think Under the Red Hood might be the best one, though. Sorry, I'm still looking through. No, that. I know because I'm just I'm just trying to think too. Sorry. Did you? Your one was pretty good. It was great podcasting. I do have the Wonder Woman one, which I haven't watched yet. I got it when Wonder Woman was in theaters because it was like seven bucks, and I got the New Frontier because it was really cheap when Justice League came out. I haven't seen versus or Bad Blood or versus Robin or Son of Robin. I'm not a big fan of those comic series, so I think that's why I didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Then, did you see the preview for the new Suicide Squad one? Yeah. I don't know if I'm down with Christian Slater being Deadshot. <laughs> he sounds weird. You're gonna go get those guys. I forget what it was, but something just seemed inconsistent to me. To uh, from the Attack on Arkham. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll end up. I'll probably get it because you know the first week they're out, they're like twelve bucks. But... I'm the best shot in the criminal underworld. <laughs> That's about what he sounds like. Stop um... talking like me! Oh my God, it's the Joker. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I feel like there's yeah the New Frontier. No, I thought it was kind of boring. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. 
Seems like there should be more on this list, and there's not. I don't know. Well, those are 30 of them. So they just reached that huge box set. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, I think Under the Hood's probably the best one. That's a really good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you that clip of uh, a few more good men. The cr- critic joke: <laughs> it's William or it's, uh, Jack Nicholson, Christian Slater, and William Devane all talking <laughs> to each other. <laughs> I guess I would have put like Return of the Joker and uh, uh, Phantasm on. Well, my if you list, include those, yeah. then I mean, Return of the Joker is so dark and so awesome that I like think of it as something different. And Mask of the Phantasm, I think, is a great story. Mm-hmm. Because it deals with like, I mean, just watching it again on Blu-ray, it, you know, it deals with loss and uh, stuff that is too deep for kids, you know. And uh, what, what? Yeah, I, 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 I love that film. And the Joker has a robot wife. <laughs> and they did announce uh, Batman and uh, Sub Zero is coming out on Warner Archive mm. as well too, and it's a fun one. It has, it? Has, I never Bat, saw it. it has Batgirl in it. It's basically. Um, Mr. Freeze is like origin story a little longer. You know, if they can't get her any live action bears. movie together, they should give her a one of these. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. With a new costume and everything. I I think Batgirl Burnside's awesome. True story with Sub Zero. So when it, when it when they had the video ads for it on the video cassettes, I thought for some reason it was coming to theaters. I asked my dad to look for it. He couldn't find it. Instead, he found Batman and Robin. So he said, "We'll take you to this Batman." <laughs> Yeah, same time probably. Yeah. yeah. You know what they should do is they should try to adapt one of those like long arcs into, you know, not try to squeeze it all into one movie, but do like, like Dark Knight Returns did part one and part two, do like uh, No Man's Land and like uh, Nightfall, yeah. one of those things. I, I think just, Nightfall would be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to see Long Halloween. Adapted. Long Halloween would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so good though. Like, like the. If you don't do that right, it's like the killing joke. Like you could really upset people. Yeah. Which it sounds like every time they go out, they do, they do something that changes. Like I didn't yeah, realize I mean, Jack the Ripper was not. Who yeah, he was. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to read it again, but it's like I'm pretty sure it's just some like pretty minor character. Yeah. But those are your arcs of like No Man's Land. Actually, I think No Man's Land was like two years or something. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of stuff that maybe there's long, like too much. The long stuff Halloween might be a really good one to adapt. Oh, it'd be so good. I mean, you're basically watching in the dark night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. still, I mean, you deal with all the villains. If you could get Tim Sale's artwork adapted. Yeah. Like that would be great too. Agreed. Sweet. Uh, this week on real nerds podcast, we went and saw annihilation. Brad, should people go see annihilation? I didn't see it. <laughs> Zach, should people go see annihilation? Uh yeah, uh, if you liked Ex Machina, I think you're gonna like this one. Um, I, it, it it's 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 a you have to go in with a very open mind. Uh, but Natalie Portman's great in it. It looks beautiful, um, and uh, it had some really fun stuff near the last twenty minutes. That's pretty interesting. But we'll talk about it after the trailer. So uh, I didn't see it either. I saw Game Night. So um, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah I um. <laughs> You just sat there while I described game night. Yeah, like because I, I, I love doing that. Um, so I went to see. Should I pretend to be James who saw Annihilation and just you know make up his review? <laughs> sure. Um, I only had a certain amount of time to see it, and I, um, I missed it, and is only playing at the Alamo at ten in the morning on Saturday, and I got near the Alamo at like ten oh five, and they're not going to let me in. Um, and so even if you're Ryan Frost from Realness Podcast, I know. Um, so <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'll just see game night. And I thought game night was really fun. Um, wait, Saturday morning. Yes. 
What but, time? But 11? I saw no, I saw it. No, I saw it at AMC because I oh, okay because I had to see it at like ten thirty. Um, because uh, so t- tomorrow, me and my wife have been married for seven years. So uh, yesterday, me and James and Brooks and Laura, Laura wanted to see that fucking Fifty Shades shit. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. Um, and so I only had a certain amount of time to see this movie, and I missed it. So I had to see Game Night, and I had lots of fun. And you know. There's a part in Game Night where um, this dude's about to kill Rachel McAdams, and uh, she's like, please don't kill me. I have kids. He's like, with an ass like that, you don't have kids. And she's like, oh, thank you. And she does have a great ass. Like, like she's really cute. Like, I would never say Rachel McAdams is hot, but she's really, really cute and attractive. I'm sure she's smart, too, you, uh, Ryan. <laughs> no, she is smart. Do you see how much she kicks ass at games? <laughs> but, yeah, no, the movie's funny. Um so I don't know how we're going to review this, but um, here's a trailer for Game Night and Annihilation. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden pining, looking up at the sky? <laughs> You're here. I gotta leave a day early. Your husband's here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. Check this out. It's like they're stuck in a continuous mutation. Anything interesting in there? No. Sharks have teeth like that. It's not possible. You can't crossbreed different species. What is it? The soldiers on the last expedition. They went crazy. Or something in here killed them. Something's come through the fence. Through the fence? We have to go back. I can't go back. We can camp here tonight. It's destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making something new. We're down to two teams, so for double points, what is the name of the purple Teletubby? Tinchy Winchy. You're both correct. He always carried a red purse. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. 
Max is very competitive, as am I. It's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. Oh, this is easy. He was an uh, incredible Hulk. Eric, Eric Bana. Other one. Mark Ruffalo. Other one. Lou Ferrigno. Primal Fear. Richard Gere never played the Incredible Hulk. Time. Jesus Christ. Ed Norton. Oh, oh shit. Primal Fear. Guys, what do you say we do this at my house next week? This will be a game night to remember. Oh, boy. Mm. Tonight, we're taking game night up a notch. We don't need a board and we do not need pieces. We won't need any extra rudeness either. Someone in this room is going to be taken. Oh, it's a murder mystery party. Fun. Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. The keys to the stingray. Just the keys? No, Ryan, the whole car. Oh, yes! I just want to wish you the best of luck tonight. Bye. Baby, hand me those matches. I'm about to burn this door down. You're going to light a fire in a windowless room that we're trapped in. Why are you going to make my idea sound stupid? You're not going to know what's real and what's fake. Is this gun real? Oh, oh no, Andy. Oh, oh no, 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 hey, no. Hey. Oh, my God, I shot you. What the f***? always enjoy the camaraderie of good friends it's often we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone oh because your wife left you oh, shit. oh shit. so we'll take a little bath oh it's so much worse Okay. I have one idea. It's so crazy. It just might work. You're going to crash the car into the plane like Liam Neeson in Taken 3? He did that in Taken 3, huh? Oh, uh, you missed it. <laughs> Thanks, baby. This is instructions on how to remove a bullet. Hey. didn't have rubbing alcohol, so I got you this lovely shard. Good idea. Way to pivot. What is helpful in country living? Oh, that's for later. There's a... Corn chowder recipe looks really good. Oh, you love sweet. corn chowder, huh? Yeah. Let's cheer Thank you Thank you. I just thought it'd be really weird to have both of those on. That, that is weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm James. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Annihilation was right up my alley. It's like a rival for me. And, uh, Which you know, like not the- everyone's going to get it, so... Uh, you know, that's just. But luckily, you're so smart. I'm, I'm too. I, like it. Just I'm such a smart person. This is a movie for <laughs> smart people. So, um, and I I know a lot about uh, writing and film. So this really and there's crocodiles those. in it or something. Yeah. Um, the only thing that would have made this movie is be- better was if there was a shark in it. <laughs> so that's the only, that's the only. Yeah, it's an A minus instead of an A plus because no sharks. Well, you know, yeah. can't win them all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, everyone should go see Annihilation, right, Zach? <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 weird. It's weird. I've never been put in this position before. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, like so, there's been a lot of like shit going around this film for the past couple of months. Um, I guess from everything from Paramount saying it's too intellectual to fans of the book going they're fucking around with the book, and I went in not knowing a goddamn thing. I was just like, it's from the director of Ex Machina. It's got Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, I watched Ex Machina this week in 4K. I would imagine that looks amazing. It looks amazing. And that movie is great. Seamless. So I was, I was really sad that I didn't see this because um, I think 
the director is super talented and he, even the scripts he writes are really smart. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it, that controversy about him not understanding the book. If you read an interview with Alex Garland, he says he only read the first book and he adapted the first book. So he has no idea what Cause, happened cause, after. Cause that's all he had at the time was the first manuscript. Yeah. He didn't even have just had the book. He had the manuscript for it. Yep. Um, so I don't want to spoil it for you or you. Cause I think you guys will enjoy it. Yeah. I'm gonna um, see it. But so without spoiler, but like the setup is, Natalie Portman's husband, played by Chris Oscar, Prime. Is, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Oscar oh wait, that's a wrinkle in time. <laughs> uh, Natalie Portman's husband, Poe Dameron, um, it comes back from the Star Wars, and he's all disheveled. Mm. Um, no, he's actually he comes back from a mission. He's like very despondent. Was he like, <laughs> man? Those words are those words are hard. And she's like, "Well, I died in them, so <laughs> don't talk to me about hard Star Wars." Um, so, Poe, <laughs> you're going down a path. <laughs> I just got all my friends killed. Yeah, well, I died of broken heart. So <laughs> now, Poe, we will discuss a new treaty. <laughs> I, was, I know. I was saying, oh, let's just look what just got shipped. Your package of basket basket case. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Um, so anyway, like he, he comes back from a mission, like a top secret mission. He's feeling despondent. We don't know why. Suddenly he passes out. They're trying to take him to the hospital and then suddenly government agents kidnap him and Natalie Portman and Natalie Portman through circumstances finds out that her husband went into this place called the shimmer, which is like a, basically a bubble that's surrounding a swamp area, uh, near a lake house or near a, um, lighthouse. Sorry. And so anyone who goes in doesn't come out or they come out mad in, in the case of Oscar Isaac. Is this so, a metaphor for the South? <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Um, so um, she, along with a team of other scientists, which include Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, and another person that I do not remember, um, go into the Shimmer to investigate it, all for their own personal reasons, but mainly just to gather the data. As you go through the shimmer, like it starts off like they, and this isn't really a spoiler, they go in and then the next moment it blacks out and they wake up and they find that their provisions are gone for about four days worth of provisions. You realize that like they've been experiencing something for a certain amount of days, but they don't remember it. So the shimmer inside of it, it fucks with your mind. And on top of that, it's causing the creatures around them to evolve um, into different types of animals. So what happens is they keep going further, just a lot of shit kind of like engulfs their minds and makes them start to question why they would come in here, what their basis fears are, and like what what's what is their damage and like why are they trying to fix it? And uh I think that again, without giving anything away, the way he handles it is not I wouldn't call it intellectual. I'd call it I I call it um, the way Alex Garland referred to it, which was intuitive. If you go in with an open mind, you're going to read. It's, it almost feels like a Rorschach test to some degree. Like you're going to read something out of it that maybe the person next to you won't. Um, that that being said, though, like a central, there's a central theme around it of, you know, trying to stay human um, amidst this shimmer. Um, the last twenty minutes of this film are some of the most mind bending use of CGI I've ever seen uh, for a sci-fi film. Um, 
without the context of like a space battle or a freaking uh, a hobbit going up a mountain, you know, with a with a golem chasing him. Like it's hard to describe it without spoiling it, but I will just tell you that you know, like going into it and then kind of walking out, it feels like a trip. Um there's even moments of it that maybe f- reminded me of a Kubrick film, but they don't shove it in my face like a Kubrick film. Um, cause he doesn't like overwhelm you with that. Cause the war room's not for fighting. <laughs> no fighting in it. Exactly. Um, and I think that, um, his palette's amazing visually. Like some of the stuff inside the shimmer, it almost feels like it's out of focus at first, but then you realize it's just, that's the way he wanted the production design palette to work. It almost looks like a, a painting come to life. Um, and it, it's, it's amazing. Like it, it is, he's right. It's meant to be seen on a big screen. Like I, I feel bad for people who have to watch it for the first time on Netflix. Cause that's going to suck. I don't watch stuff on Netflix. Well, you know, the, if you're, you're not in the UK, so, <laughs> and by, no, and also I that's mean, a lie. I, I, I know you have a Netflix account, I do, but I mean, like <laughs> if I have a chance to get a physical copy, I will. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, and actually on your 4K, it'll look amazing if what you said about 4K is correct, like <laughs> with I the colors that. and stuff, which... Why, 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 why would you? Why would you? <laughs> you know, exactly. Do you have a reason? Um, so, no, yeah, I I get it. It's it's not going to do well. It's going it, to... It already... It only made 11 million this week. It's going to be out of theaters within the, it's within the next week. So, if you're going to go, go now. Um, if you're done seeing Black Panther for the fifth time, which I get it. Black Panther's amazing. But this is also something that you might not want to miss either. So... Yeah, Game Night's awesome. So, uh, like, the, the, the directors for Game Night do too. really clever stuff. You know, the the game piece stuff. But I also like whenever uh, their neighbor... What's his name? Daryl? I forget his... Gary. Whenever Gary is holding Sebastian, his dog, it like, the camera slowly, pan, like, zooms in on him. And it's just... He tells these, like, really funny stories. And they'll get in, like, fucking Robocop? What's wrong with that guy? And, uh... <laughs> It's just, and there's so many. Well, I think I like this movie so much. There's so many like little throwaway stuff that you, it's really hard to pick up. So they go see a, a, a fertility doctor, and they're talking about why maybe uh, Jason Bateman's character is stressed out, and his brother Brooks is like, you know, the superstar. He invested in Panera Bread. The Fiji apple salad was his idea, um, and she's like, oh, really? Is he single? Like the the doctor starts like trying to pick him up. She's like, I'm on a trial separation. And, um, <laughs> They just start talking about it's really funny. It comes back at the end. Yeah, and it comes yeah. back at the end. Uh when Rachel McAdams is yelling at all those dudes to get on their knees. Yeah. <laughs> She's like put the gun in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, she puts a gun in her mouth and it's totally like it's so funny. She's like doing karaoke with it. <laughs> yeah. Um oh. and it's like we want us to reach it up when lay down. We can't possibly do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well do, do the yoga pose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like downward baby or something. Or... Yeah, and the the dumb dude, the Fabergé egg guy, who finds, he's like so funny <laughs> in it. I don't, I can't remember what he says in it half the time. Yeah, but it's it's really stupid and really funny. He's always bringing like vapid, like hot chicks to the game nights, <laughs> yeah. and then he brings like a real. Like... He's like, uh, they're trying to pay off like the organizer <laughs> of game night, and so he's like sliding like a ten dollar bill. And then he slides like a five dollar bill. Maybe this will change your mind. Yeah, and and his date's like, it doesn't matter how if you do it slower, she's not going to change your fucking mind. <laughs> do you have a hundred dollars in there? <laughs> no, I have seventeen. <laughs> do you have a hundred dollars? It's funny. It, like the movie's really funny. Actually, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought the trailers were pretty generic. 
Um, but I heard really good things about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's either that or I don't even know what else was playing. Annihilation. Um, yeah. But <laughs> Annihilation, I missed it and I was pissed. Um, but I had a good time except for the old dude next to me who kept on saying that the, uh, the British lady or the Irish lady that the guy brought, <laughs> oh, she's part of it. He kept on saying it throughout the whole movie. She's part of it out loud. She's part of it. Uh, spoilers. She's not. Um, she's part of it though. And I think I, if in my next document name Sebastian, because I think it's funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets all the blood all over him and Jason Bateman tries to clean him off. He's like, and that just dog, made it worse. And the, the dog, dog shakes, shakes and <laughs> blood everywhere. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That movie's pretty funny. It's well done. Yeah. Nice. God, I love Rachel McAdams. Like, I think I fell in love with her in this movie. I don't know what it's about her in this movie. Cause she's super competitive and I am too. And I like that she loves board games. <laughs> like, like throwaway jokes. They go to uh, his brother's house, and he's like, "Yeah, we brought Scrabble and all stuff." And he takes them, <laughs> and he just throws them. He's like, yeah, "Okay, yeah. you just told me you don't have to throw them. That's a little unnecessary." <laughs> oh, and then uh, the one couple who—it's not my favorite joke, but they like they drag it through the whole movie where they do the "Never Have You Ever" drinking game. Yeah, and then the one guy, <laughs> he's, she's like. Yeah, I slept with a celebrity, and then the whole flashback that it's it <laughs> was Denzel it's Washington. And at first, I was like, "Oh, they're trying to get be Denzel Washington." And then halfway through the story, I figure out, like, "Oh, I get where they're going with this. It's <laughs> yeah. a guy who looks like him, and <laughs> yeah, she, she thought he was him. Thought it was Denzel." Uh, but there's also a funny running joke where they hit glass tables and they don't the break. break. <laughs> Man, rich people take, or was it? Man, glass tables are doing something weird tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. And there's that really creative shot too, where they had the Faberge egg and they're throwing it through the house, and it's just one continuous. I mean, oh, obviously yeah. there's cuts in it, but um, it's fun. Yeah, it's well done. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because the rich people actually had a Fight Club. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is it a Fight Club? No, it's not a Fight Club. And his face when he goes downstairs, he's like, oh! <laughs> no, I'm just gonna stay here in the Fight Club. It could be around here. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, good stuff. Yeah, let's go see game night. It's fun. It's fun. Sweet. I got a whole week off, so I'm gonna go right, try to do. A, go see it. <laughs> gonna try to do a movie a day. Nice. At yeah. the end, when he said like, uh, "No, this is all part of the the game too," I was like, "That guy just suck, got sucked through a jet engine. How's this part of it too?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy who told Rich McAdam she has a nice ass. Yeah. Um, also, I went to, uh, with Jason. He said there was a guy named Bill at the game night that just disappeared throughout the movie. I can't remember. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Like he was in the early, early. Oh, was it the friend early on when she's at like the Geeks Who Drink pub quiz thing? She's with that one guy. Oh yeah. And then he's like in a couple flashbacks, and then he's just disappears. just gone. Maybe because he maybe he was like aged out, or or Rachel McAdams' boyfriend or something. Oh, and he kind of like hung around, and then too long. Yeah, and then he because he doesn't show up after he gets pr- she's proposed to. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to that guy? <laughs> Didn't get Rachel McAdams. Hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, uh, when they do charades to drop the box on that dude and they turn it on. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and then it falls off and doesn't even break. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, Are you going to do what he did in Tekken, <laughs> Taken 3? That's in Taken 3? <laughs> it just goes right underneath it. Into the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. I love Jason uh-huh. Bateman. He's good at playing those characters. 
and they go through the whole like pull the bullet out of my arm and then they flip it over it's like oh it exit through. wound <laughs> just make a small incision and she cuts down the length of his arm what are you doing <laughs> that's huge uh, see it's funnier uh, than you remember it huh oh there it is no no that's bone <laughs> that is bone uh yeah, yeah. good stuff uh yep so we'll see you next week. Uh, I think it's Red Sparrow. Yeah. Or what else comes out? There's some other movie that comes out. Oh. Didn't Red Sparrow come out this week? No, it's next week. Hang on, real nerds listeners. Here's some great... Uh, While we wait for you guys, I'll just promote that I finally posted my Jean-Claude Van Johnson or, interview and no one fucking said anything about it. Death so. Wish. Death, oh, I'm like, dude. Well, I'm going to go to a bunch of stuff this week anyway, so... If you guys don't see it, I'll let you know what Death Wish is like. <laughs> Next week, of course, is uh, the Hurricane Heist. Oh, shit. Are we going to make it rain that week? <laughs> can we please? <laughs> no, no, I kind of want to see the strangers, too. But, um, well, we, we, we can. <laughs> we got to make it rain for all the poor people who right. need to be redistributed wealth with the hurricane. I hope that's what happens. Um, so, yeah. Check yeah. out my interview. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I would. My car's in the shop because I haven't been able to listen to podcasts. My battery died, and then I um, hooked up my work car to it, and it blew out fuses. Until next week, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.